But I'm telling you, good citizens are turn to real concern and revolutionary citizens real soon. How do you feel about being complicit in perpetuating that? The greatest toast ever perpetuated on the American people, and you're part of it. Now we're supposed to have unity. Let me tell you something. I'm part of the new resistance. Beloved Springfield, for those of you who don't know, my name is Seth, and this is the New Resistance Podcast, the outlet and voice for whistleblowers, dissidents, and watchdogs of Springfield and beyond. We're keeping the elites and our government in check, and we're exposing the biggest threats to our freedom and our way of life. For any comments, questions, or suggestions... I urge you to email the underscore NRP at yahoo.com or leave a comment at the NR podcast on Facebook. Also, if you are listening on either the Anchor app or at anchor.fm slash pxpx, you can leave a voice message by clicking on message, then click on start recording now. Perhaps I will start playing and reading the most interesting messages, answering the most interesting questions on the show in future episodes. Anyways, I want to thank you for joining me. Coming up today, I've got three real doozies in the Seg1 Mentions portion of the show. Then in the next segment, I'm going to start posing some questions that we all need to be demanding answers to from the city of Springfield, from City Hall. I'll also talk about three examples of how CRT put into practice has infected Springfield outside of the school system. You didn't think it just stayed there in the schools, did you? I've also got an interview with the founders of two really great local groups, who I have a feeling are going to make a big impact on the culture and the way we view our city government. They are going to tell you all about the organizations that they have built and what they intend to do with those organizations. It's going to be a great show, so stay tuned and hold on. Vaccinations drumbeat has really been picking up speed as of late and is becoming louder and more arrogantly bold. President Biden and some in his administration have been talking about going door to door 
to supposedly educate people who aren't vaccinated yet. They aren't welcome at my house. It's none of their business whether I have chosen to get vaxxed or not. Oh, it's going to be carried out supposedly by, quote, trusted community voices with the help of the county health department following behind with their needles so that they can pressure, I mean, educate you into getting vaxxed right there in your home. There's just no way this won't go off the rails and result in more vaccine hesitancy. Nah, nah, no way. Something also tells me their definition of trusted community voices is a wee bit different than ours. By the way, if you have any of these people come to your door, make sure you record it on your phone. And be sure to ask questions. And if anything wonky happens, especially if they don't want you recording them, I'm telling you, bring some sunshine to it. Share it on social media. Share it with any media that will have it. Or send it to me. I'll keep your identity secret. Send it to me and I'll put it out there. This, coupled with surveilling our social media posts and text for misinformation, will only increase vaccine hesitancy. You know, it's almost as if they're doing it on purpose. We also have this by HHS Secretary Javier Becerra. Perhaps uh, we should point out that the federal government has had to spend trillions of dollars to try to keep Americans alive during this pandemic. So it is absolutely the government's business. It is taxpayers' business if we have to continue to spend money to try to keep people from contracting COVID and and helping reopen the economy. And so it is our business to try to make sure Americans can prosper, Americans can freely associate. And knocking on a door has never been against the law. You don't have to answer, but we hope you do because if you haven't been vaccinated, we can help help dispel some of those rumors that you've heard and hopefully get you vaccinated. We want to give people a sense that they have the freedom to choose, but we hope, hope they choose to live and we're going to make it possible for them to have a good life. And by the way, protect their family and loved ones at the same time. We hope people make the right choices. We want them to have the right information, but we are America. We try to give people as much freedom and choice as possible. But clearly, when over 600,000 Americans have died, the best choice is to get vaccinated. And this one by CNN medical analyst, Dr. Lena Wynn. It needs to be hard for people to remain unvaccinated. Right now, it's kind of the opposite. It's fine. I mean, it's easy if you're unvaccinated. At some point, these mandates by workplaces, by schools, I think it will be important to say, hey, you can opt out. But if you want to opt out, you have to sign these forms. You have to get twice weekly testing. And finally, this by former Obama HHS secretary, Kathleen Sebelius. It's fine if you don't choose to get vaccinated, you may not come to work. You may not have access to 
a situation where you're going to put my grandchildren in jeopardy, where you might kill them. Could they be hoping this will create the conditions for forced vaccinations? Pressure is building to force the unvaxxed to, quote, get the shot or else. You know, de Blasio in New York City has already announced they're doing vax passports. Also, the U.S. military and federal government workers, as well as Mercy Hospital System in Springfield, have already announced they are mandating vaccines for their personnel. You know, since Mercy Hospital is doing it, Cox isn't going to be far behind. Steve Edwards can't be outdone as one of the biggest a-holes in town. As always, it's not really about what they're telling us. It's about the ruling class's fear of losing power. And we do not have to stand for it. The second one. The uh, number of victims of the January 6th worst attack on the Capitol since Civil War, insurrection, sadly just keeps piling up. So sad. Apparently sweet, sweet little AOC, who was more than a block away at the time in a different building, isn't the only one seeking therapy due to PTSD from, again, the worst attack on the Capitol since the Civil War, or was it the War of 1812? No, there, there are brave but fragile mainstream media journalists also taking therapy for PTSD because of the worst attack since the Civil War or possibly War of 1812. It's just too bad that they also were not inside the Capitol either. So sad. And third, as you may have heard, all Democrats of the Texas State Legislature, in what can only be described as an act of true bravery, heroically skipped town. So brave. Just so brave. In order to protect and save the people of Texas from, among others, a truly horrible bill that would have unleashed so much unbelievable carnage by making it easier to vote in future elections. So hero- What? What? Whoa, wait a minute. Wait, a minute. ladies and gentlemen, I, I'm getting an urgent bulletin here. Let, let's listen in. Letters from the Battlefront. My gosh, these... What's happening right now in America is we are seeing brave, brave people stand up. I mean, brave people. People like James Tallarico. He's a Democrat from Texas. He was one of the brave people that got onto that private jet and flew away from the great state of Texas. He said in his letter from the battlefront, 
We just landed in Memphis on our way to DC. Thank y'all for well wishes. Yes, we left behind our families, our livelihoods, our beloved Texas. But our sacrifice is nothing compared to the sacrifices brave Americans have made throughout history to protect the sacred right to vote. James Tellerico, brave American. Wow, I've got more of these letters from the battlefront coming up. Hold on just a second. We have some breaking news. Another letter from the battlefront. James Talrico. He's written another letter from the battlefront. He says, We Texas Democrats are prepared to stay out of Texas for the rest of the session. This decision wasn't easy. Many of my colleagues left kids, elderly parents, sick loved ones. Many are risking their day jobs and their seats in the house. But we just will not sit by and watch our democracy wither on the vine. James Tallarico, proud Texan, and a man of courage! So brave. Oh my gosh. So, so brave. brave. So, so brave. brave. So brave. Come back and vote on the bill, by the way, and then get out again. Yeah. Just in case any of these Democrats are looking for a plan. Yes. There is another letter that has just twittered in from the battlefront. And I don't care what Stu says, but this one comes with a picture. Oh. It's a picture of a Coke Zero. Yeah, no sugar. No sugar. A Coke Zero. Mm. And a Caesar salad that looks actually kind of yummy, and I'm not a salad guy. <laughs> but it, it's, good topic it's for a letter a from Gene Wu. Oh, wow. Gene for Texas. Mm. My first meal as a fugitive. Oh, my gosh. Yes! Yes! On the private plane, he had to eat a Caesar salad and... A Coke Zero with no sugar! So brave! So brave! So very brave! Legislature. So overcome by their heroic actions, these Texas Democrats, in front of all the cameras at the press conference, spontaneously and not planned at all, broke into song. So brave. Just so brave. <laughs> Let's take a break. I'll be right back after this message. <laughs> hey, 
guys, I want to take a few seconds here and tell you about an app called Anchor. The easiest way to make a podcast. And it's free. And your episodes are automatically made available on most of the major podcasting platforms. Just go to your app store and download Anchor. Or go to anchor.fm. Don't forget to share this and all the other eight episodes in the NRP catalog with everyone you know. Family, real life friends, social media friends, anyone else you feel inclined to share with. Also, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, hit subscribe so that you will know automatically when new episodes, etc. are released. And don't forget to give the show a review while you're there. Now, I want to start by sharing some audio from the Springfield City Council meeting back on June 1st of this year, talking in part about the crime stats for this city over the past year and a half. I know, I know, hearing numbers can get boring, but folks, you need to know what our leaders are not telling you. Do your homework. Don't take my word alone. Look up the FBI's stats, the city's own stats. Last year, 2020, was the deadliest year on record, including 22 homicides. The police brass nor City Hall have changed a darn thing with the PD, so who's to say that number won't be eclipsed this year? Anyways... Here is that clip. So I looked into the crime reports of 2020, and here in Springfield, for a city that is supposedly just riddled with loud vehicles, uh, we had 2,572 violent crimes, 13,218 property crimes for a total of 15,790 crimes. That's a crime rate per 1,000 people of 15.32 people out of every 1,000 will be a victim of a violent crime in Springfield or one in 65 people. That doesn't sound very safe to me. Property crime, 78.73 out of every 1,000 people for a total of 94 people in this city will be the victim of a crime, property or violent. How's that match up with Missouri? Missouri, it's one in 202 people will be the victim of a crime, a violent crime. It doesn't seem very safe. Here in Springfield, the rape average is 2.12 out of every 1,000 
four times higher than the national average of 0.43. Robbery sits at 1.90, double the national average of 0.82, and assaults are through the roof, 11.25 per 1,000 people, while the national average is about two and a half. Burglary in Springfield is almost four times the national average of 12.34 per 1,000 people, and the national average is 3.41. Theft is 56 out of every 1,000 people, and national is about 15. We are always in the top three most domestically violent counties in the state of Missouri. That's straight from the Harmony House representatives that I spoke with about that when I was uh, campaigning. Almost every one of you so often speak to caring about Springfield. We hear it every election season, every public appearance. Yet every year the crime gets worse. In 2020, we were above the national average in murder, rape, burglary, vehicle theft, and among many other categories as well. All of those have been on the rise since I moved here in 2010. In 2008, 74% of Springfield citizens said they felt safe. Chief Williams took over in 2010. In 2019, that number was 59%. And I'm gonna go out, gonna go out on a limb and say that uh, that number is a lot lower today. Since Mr. Williams has been in charge, that number has only dropped lower and lower. And in 2013, he also said, quote, we are not, nor will we ever be designated as a dangerous community in which to live, end quote. Yet eight years later, here we are, amongst the most dangerous cities in our state. It's, it's time for him to go. We didn't make those numbers up. Those are the recorded data, the facts. It's time we start asking questions and demanding answers as to why they are sitting back and watching it happen. Oh, but Springfield made it onto a couple of lists that label us one of the safest cities to live in. The people who put these lists together either haven't been here in a long while, or they're lying and haven't ever been here. All, all of the city council members and McClure, with the exception of Councilwoman Romine, live in the ritziest, nicest parts of town. So they have no earthly idea of what it is like to actually experience day-to-day -day life in a crime-ridden city. They have no idea what it's like to have to watch over your shoulder when you are walking to the bus stop or uptown on the square or to your car in bigger parking lots by yourself or with your young child. Did you guys see the article on KY3's website? about the gangs of 10 to 15 people jumping others alone or with one other and beating the ever-loving crap out of them? Will the council or Mr. McClure or any other elites in this city ever have to experience anything like that? You know the answer to that already, don't you? I've put together just a few questions that we as a community as citizens that actually give a damn about people and their well-being need to start demanding answers to regarding crime 
the inaction and the excuses being made from the top, including Chief Williams. Number one, which is a two-part question. I know they just announced that there had been a pay raise for new hires negotiated. But, A, what took them so long? They could have done this a while ago. The officer shortage at SPD did not start last year. It's been increasing at least over the past 10 years. When Williams got here, I believe it was 23. Today, it is about 50 and not slowing down anytime soon. B, could part of the problem with negotiations be who is doing the negotiating? Could he or she not have the PD's interest in mind? Something to think about. Two, could the reasons for not securing higher wages for officers and higher starting pay and setting up the conditions for a better work environment be because there are those in charge of securing those things along with members of the bureaucracy have been purposely throwing up roadblocks for our officers? Three, another two-part question. A, how deep does the lack of support at the city hall level go? And B, how deep has wokeism, diversity, equity, and inclusion infected our city government? We are paying every single one of these people's salaries. Our money is going to fund the dysfunction and unwillingness to keep this city safe. We should be demanding answers to all of this and more. I'm just talking about crime in the police department today. The dysfunction and rot is systemic. You want to talk about something that's systemic, that is. We must support the rank and file officers. They have to know that somebody in this city supports them. Because they sure aren't getting it from the top. They all deserve better than that. Many, many thank yous to the officers of SPB. For your sacrifice, for putting your life in danger to keep us and this city safe. Right now, your lives and your profession are being used in a political game. But know that you are not alone. You do have support. Thank you. If you happen to remember, and if you don't, that's okay. In the last episode, I talked very briefly about how this CRT 
diversity, equity, inclusion, woke revolution had infected more than just the school system here. Today I want to tell you about three examples of that. The first one, you may or may not have noticed that when businesses and governments start creating positions of diversity officer, diversity and inclusion director, it is a sure sign of it hitting that particular entity. Well, very recently there was a headline about Burl Behavior Health hiring a new DEI director. See, they created the position back in 2018. Pay close attention to the words and phrases they use. The left are very good at leading people to believe what they are pushing is noble and righteous when it's actually really destructive and detrimental. They do this by playing word games and they're always vague and never specific. That's to put you at ease. No matter how they package it, it is still the same old discriminatory nonsense. OTC also created the position and hired their very first director of DEI back in February of this year. The second example, I also mentioned very briefly in the last full episode that City Hall has been infected as well. Mr. McClure is who I want to talk about in this example, but he certainly isn't the only one from what I have seen and heard. Look no further than his last two State of the City addresses. In 2020's speech, a little over halfway through, let, let me back up for just a second. This speech was given on June 4th of 2020. So keep in mind what had just happened 11 days prior in Minneapolis. So little over halfway through, McClure says this, quote, It's up to all of us, black, white, everyone, no matter how well-meaning we think we might be to do the honest, uncomfortable work of needed action here at home. It starts with self-examination and listening to those whose lives are different from our own. It ends with justice, compassion, and empathy that is demonstrated in our lives and in our community. Like so many others, I pray we all have the courage for that journey. End quote. Now, there, there's nothing wrong with that in and of itself. Remember... Look past the actual words. Do your homework and read between the lines, as they say. Now, to their credit, the local BLM chapter, I believe it's Green County here, didn't engage in rioting and looting. But they did do something that was quite clever. They put pressure on behind the scenes, working with the city, I believe, and maybe the NAACP as well. Don't quote me on that, though. You can start to see their influence in this next quote. Let's face it, Kenny McClure doesn't strike me as someone who is um, 
steeped in woke ideology. He is an old corrupt rhino. Anyways, it's what he says in this next quote, which is later on in the speech, that leaves no doubt as to their influence on him. Quote, The inequities laid bare by both the pandemic, the murder of George Floyd, and the long history of discrimination, of racism in this country, make painfully clear how far we are from a truly inclusive democracy that fairly and effectively serves all Americans. While we strive to reflect that vision in our work, what is clear to us is that we have not been doing nearly enough to realize it. How can we do much more to build a community that truly works for everyone? End quote. If that doesn't sound exactly like the stuff they're teaching the kids of SPS and forcing the teachers to go through, then I don't know what does. Moving on to this year's speech, addressing systemic racism and embracing diversity, equity, and inclusion. He says, quote, In the days and weeks following George Floyd's death, and corresponding community introspective discussion, I wrestled with what should be the appropriate steps I should take as mayor to make sure that we as a community acknowledge racism and deal with it appropriately. What he wrestled with is, how do I sufficiently placate BLM and the NAACP so that they don't call me racist? That's what he was wrestling with. Like every other politician that was effectively neutered by fear, Mr. McClure and the council went way too far. He goes on. We are committed to taking a leadership role in addressing direct and systemic prejudice, bias, and racism. The issues at the center of protests across the country demanding justice. Yes, we saw in other cities, the manner in which they demanded justice to the tune of billions of dollars in damage. At best, the government should provide guidance, maybe resources, and the PD arrest any lawbreakers. But that is it. This is stuff the citizens of Springfield and other NGOs should handle. Every time government of any level oversteps their boundaries and thinks they can fix everything, it almost always ends up a bigger mess. The third example, City Hall has now jumped on the diversity director bandwagon and hired a man named Taj Suleiman. I believe that's how you pronounce his last name. If it's not Please forgive me. They hired him as Springfield's first director of diversity, equity, and inclusion. There is much to know about Mr. Taj, which I will be covering in a bonus episode that I will release on Monday or Tuesday. He came here from Dubuque, Iowa. He worked there for the city and for the school system doing diversity and inclusion work. 
Let me end this segment with one last quote from old Kenny in this year's State of the City speech. Quote, Taj's position will provide more structure to help the city go beyond expectations to address concerns presented by various groups advocating for systemic change, not just projects and programs. End quote. That right there tells you who will really be running our city. Obama was right. Elections do have consequences. And this, my friends, is ours. For only 13% of Springfield showing up to vote. I'll be right back. Please stay tuned. said many times on this show and I cannot express strongly enough just how important it is for us to engage locally to make our beds locally more than anywhere else what's going on nationally and internationally or even on the state level affects us in many profound ways but it is in our local communities and counties that we can have the most direct impact in effecting change. It has been one of my main goals from the beginning to highlight and uplift local activists, groups, and organizations who are fighting for the cause, who are fighting the good fight for returning power to the people of Springfield and taking the elites and the ruling class to task. Today, I want to highlight two such groups, Queen City Watchdog and Lemons to Lemonade. I sat down with the founders of both organizations a few weeks ago. I know, I wanted to wait for the right time to fit this interview into an episode, and this is such a time. I'll give you a heads up that for some reason, and I'm not quite a professional at this just yet, so I'm not sure why, but my mic wasn't picking me up as loudly as it did the other two, but I did the absolute best that I could to give you 
my audience, good informative content. You'll notice I didn't ask a ton of questions this time. I did that on purpose. I wanted to give them both plenty of time to give full and complete explanations of what they're all about. Now, full disclosure, I am part of Queen City Watchdog. All of the officers and board members were all one group and one family. However, I wanted you to hear from the man who brought us all together. The man whose brainchild this group is. And without further ado, here is the interview. Uh, my guest today is returning, Michael Hasty, and for the first time, Lisa Meeks. And they are here to tell you about a couple of local groups that are, I think, you all would benefit from knowing about and getting involved with. So, Mr. Hasty, tell us about your group. We are the Queen City Watchdog. The name's derived from Springfield being the Queen City of Missouri. And Watchdog, obviously, we're watching the government. We came into being after the election because during the campaign we realized a lot of shady dealing, crookedness, and lack of accountability at the local level. So the many people I met on my journey through this political experience, you could call it, I have surrounded myself with people I trust, people I respect, and we are now a Missouri nonprofit corporation recognized by the state. We have a Facebook page. You can check us out at the Queen City Watchdog on Facebook. You can check us out at queencitywatchdog.com. Lots of information about the city. We cut, we cut the crap from the city's website and make things easily accessible to you. And you can get a link to our Facebook on there, our email. Sign up for our email and call list. You know you're at the right place when it's a, the logo's a pit bull standing over a skyline of Springfield and the background's purple. And, <laughs> and we're just here to hold the city accountable. We're watching the school board and making them accountable to the people again, which they've had a, a long pass of not having to listen to people. And, and that's a little bit about us. So what all kinds of things do you envision doing to hold the city and the school board and all those accountable well we've already started sunshine requesting information that the people may not know about such as contributions to the good government committee in the chamber of commerce the school pays memberships to it the city pays a membership which is crazy to me the financial transactions so Exposing the money trail that's in charge of the city, because anyone that's paid any attention to any Springfield Municipal election knows that the Good Government Committee, which is the pack of the Chamber of Commerce, throws a disgusting amount of money at people. They make sure that it's not widely publicized. They put their money behind their people who are going to be their rubber stamps, and they get their people out to vote. It's our job. To get the people out to vote and understand why you need to act local. With all the threats and all the things coming at us right now, starting local is the, is the place where we're going to make the big, biggest impact, which is why I have 
reside on and why the purpose of this whole show is to highlight uh, local stuff. We're, as much as we'd like to, um, us here, we're, we're just, we're not really going to have that big of an impact on nationally or even state. Well, gotta you got to understand, gotta too, be. that Springfield is, is the beacon in south, south southwestern Missouri. That's right. Joplin looks up here. Branson, Ozark, Nixa, Republic. What happens in Springfield can be felt throughout the Ozarks down here in southern Missouri. So if we can change it here, we have a chance of changing it elsewhere. That's right. So we got that going. Maybe down the road we're going to start trying to – get some uh, charter amendments to make the charter work for the people better take a little power from the council themselves and any chance that we get to run an amendment uh, referendum to any vote that they have kind of like what Galloway did when the council clearly and outright ignored the citizens of Galloway in favor of a developer Still they had the referendum process and that's something that we would look to change because they're in a court battle right now because the city violated its own charter when they passed that zoning ordinance that they did and it was effective immediately thus taking out the 30-day window that the charter gives for referendums so that's something we could work on and and we need to challenge the city more build a sense of community and and show people that we truly do outnumber the status quo and if we want our city to work for us we have to get out and do something about right. it because no one's going to do it for us we are the ones that we've been waiting for all this time well me marcus and alex and craig and angela romine councilwoman now we all ran because we all talked about hearing constantly who's going to do it we stopped asking who and we stepped up and it just kind of has evolved and rolled into what we're doing and we're gaining traction people know who we are and hopefully we can inform the public and, and make some good solid changes in springfield make the government work for the people again yep right all right so lisa you've got a group that you that you've started that's pretty interesting i think um called women's lemonade yep right. so tell me all about it Tell us a little bit about it. <laughs> well, uh, Lemons to Lemonade started uh, similar to what Michael was talking about right after the election um, because I'd, I'd worked really hard to try to get those guys all elected so we could have actually a voice for yeah. the people on the city council. You worked harder than <laughs> the rest of us. Well, I can't say that. You did a lot of work, Seth. <laughs> but um, anyways... Uh, it just was so disappointing not only to see only one of them get in, but to realize that the whole reason that only one of them got in was because only 13.5% of the city actually voted. Yep. So it just was so frustrating in my mind. How do, how do you reach that other 87%? How do you get them to understand that this is their city and what's happening and that they really need to do something about it? And so I was talking to a friend about that issue of how, you know, frustrating that was. And together we started talking about an idea um, to basically take Springfield and divide it into 12 sections and pick a park somewhere within that section so that people could easily get to that park and just have a fun kind of party atmosphere event at these parks. Um, not like a one and done thing, but yeah. to continually have these events 
in order to give the people somewhere to go to that's easily accessible to talk about, okay, what are your issues in Springfield? What are some solutions to those issues that uh, different areas have tried? Because I know there's a few areas in the North that have had successful neighborhood watches that the South somehow seems to flounder a little bit with. Yeah. So if we could you know, get this information of what the successful solutions are doing to everybody so that everyone could have a successful solution. Um, and based about solutions between the, pe the people of the neighborhood or uh, pretty much or? all Springfield. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're doing these events uh, in local area neighborhoods, like I said, divided into 12 different sections. But we're trying to communicate this all across Springfield. So like I said, if there's somebody in the north that had something that worked, but somebody in the south hasn't heard about that or vice versa, um, that we can share that information. So I'm putting the information on our website so that people uh, can have access to what has worked and what issues people are having, stuff like that. Um, so basically it was called Lemons to Lemonade uh, because we're trying to take what's sour or bad in the community and turn it into something sweet and good and prosperous. And um, if it's an issue that is too big for us, then I've been speaking at the city council for quite a while, so I'll bring it before the city council yeah. to try and get something done. Um, but anyways, uh, so far it's it's been working really well. We've had uh, people coming out and just, you know, in addition to that, I totally forgot, it's evolved as we went along. People were needing information because the more I talked to people and I asked them, well, um, did you vote? And the ones that didn't, overwhelmingly they said the reason they didn't is because their life is just too busy. Yeah. They don't have time to, you know, spend I said, well, it's online. That's easy. You can watch the city council meetings and the school board meetings. Yeah. And they're like, it's like three, four hours. I don't have three, four hours. So I summarize the meetings um, and present that at Levin's to Lemonade oh, events cool. so that people can come out and say, hey, okay, here's what happened at city council. Here's what happened at the school board and kind of learn what's going on in their city. digest that way. I didn't hear you. It's easier to digest that way. Yes, a lot easier <laughs> than sitting through three hours of video. <laughs> but yeah. um, also we have lists of the school board members, how to contact them, the city council members, how to contact them, federal and state, uh, groups that you can get involved with throughout the state to help improve um, our area. Just, you know, something fun come out get some free lemonade enjoy some music and talk about what's going on with the city and, and learn a little bit so those kind of events are stuff that is sorely needed after the last year yes very much so people need to start coming together so it doesn't divide it that's one of the things i've been stressing is that uh i don't care what party you are from i don't care what your beliefs are we all live in springfield and that means what's going on in the city matters to us all and it affects us all and so we should all be working together no matter what right bingo that's right so when is your next uh, event the next one is at silver springs park on saturday june 26 uh from three to five and they're always on saturdays three to five um it just the park changes so uh, you can find out uh, which park and what days we're having the events um, at lemons to lemonade springfield.org. Mr. Hasey, what, how can we, how can people get a hold of, what's the web address and the 
Facebook group. The email and Facebook are located on the website, which is www.queencitywatchdog.com. And you can find all the information about city council there, uh, meetings, school board, how to contact us. Email is the best and most efficient way if you do not have Facebook. And we will be posting an official flyer this week for our first public meeting, which will be held on July 13th. That is a Tuesday at Godfather's Pizza on South Ingram or South Ingram Mill in Springfield, Missouri. It's open to the public, so yep. everyone should And come. if you go to the Queen City Watchdog Facebook group to join, please answer all the questions. Please. <laughs> or not, not, we're not trying to be rude. Well, maybe we are. No. No, we're not trying to be rude. But the group if you is, don't answer the questions, they're there for a reason. If you don't answer them. We have got a strict adherence to the rules. And yep. that's something that's poorly lacking on some social media groups. Everything on the Watchdog page pertains to Springfield. There are national issue stories that we do allow that can relate here. But our focus is what is happening in Springfield, what is going on right now, and how do we fix the things that we don't like, and how do we get people more active. So if you run a business in Greene County, or you live in Greene County, please come over. Our main focus is Springfield, but all of Greene County is, is what we look at. Anything else either one of you want to say that we haven't covered? Let's get out there and make some change in the city, guys. That's right. Yeah, we really, really need it because, I mean, I, I myself was asleep for the longest time, and it took this, this year of going to the city council and seeing what I had been electing all this time, <laughs> and I'm going, what did I do? So, yeah, I realize what a hassle it is. My life was busy, too, is, and I'm trying to make this as easy as possible for people so that we can get some good things going. Yeah, it might be a, maybe a hassle would be busy, but if we don't stand up and try to stop some of this stuff and make some changes, some real lasting changes, effective changes, <laughs> then your life's going to be even worse. Amen. I have a feeling it, it's going to be, it's going to get worse. And that, that's just coming from the city, you know. And, and of course, you've got the national stuff. And, and well, unfortunately, the time of people being able to go to work, go home, stay in their little corner, not hurt anybody, not get involved with anything, just be a good law-abiding, quiet citizen or over, yep. it's, not, it's not possible anymore. When we sit by idly, the government gets greedy and powerful. And it's our job to keep them in check. Well, I always say I kind of feel like uh, we're where the pilgrims were when they were at, in Holland because everyone hears the story, oh, they came to America for religious freedom. Technically, they already had religious freedom in Holland, but they were watching their children uh, go down the drain <laughs> because of the culture that was in Holland. And so they didn't want that to happen to their kids. And so they risked everything, including the lives of those very children, oh, wow. in order to come to America to be able to live their faith they want, the way they wanted to live it. Um, and I think that's where we're at. We're, we're at a place where it'd be easy to just sit back and stay where we're at because, yeah. I mean, you don't want to risk anything. But, I mean, if, if we don't do that... are definitely... Um, <laughs> 
guilty. Into that, yes, guilty of that. You right. have to be the change that you want to see in the world. And if we do that, we're going to lose everything. Right. So nice. put out the change into the world that you want to see, and maybe it'll yeah. take root. Yeah. You don't know unless yeah. you try. And anything yeah. worth having is worth fighting for, so. That's right. I mean, I, you know, the last the last episode I covered the um, cultural revolution in China, and it's, it's scary, I guess would be the right word to use, how the similarities to what's what's going on in the in the culture anyways to what happened there back then and I don't I don't think most people have any clue what's coming or what's what's even started unless you have your head in you know like we do like us three do in politics or what's going on I don't think the vast majority of people have any clue what's going on and it's crazy Back then, they were actually were killing people and eating them. That's gross. Yeah, that was a sign of loyalty back then. It became the 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 what do they call them? The Red Guards, the college kids of today, the the Antifa's, the BLM's. They um, it was a sign of loyalty to Mao was to cook people and eat them. I don't I don't see that happening here. But yeah, remember they didn't start off doing that. They no, progressed they didn't. to that. That's right. It it's, starts off small. Started off in the colleges, just like it does, just like it has here. And it also starts when you start blaming other people for your own issues. That's right. And that's that's what I was saying there. I I take responsibility for what I did. I didn't know what I was voting for, but that was my duty. That was what yeah. I was supposed to be doing. So I can't blame anyone else for yeah. where we're at when I should have been doing what I should have been doing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, we, we, if we all take responsibility for ourselves and improve what we're doing as an individual in helping others and helping our community, that's what changes the world. It isn't blaming other people that it's their fault I'm this way. It's right. not. You have to improve yourself. That's the only way anybody ever gets any better. All right, Michael Hasty, niece and niece, thank you so much for coming on the show and telling us about your groups. Thank you for letting us. Thanks for having me again. <laughs> Hopefully many more. Okay, so let me know what you think of the interview. And if you know of any local organizations that you think others might get something out of, Shoot me an email or leave me a message at the Facebook page or leave me a voice message at the Anchor website. As I said in the intro to this segment, this interview was recorded a few weeks ago. So obviously the two events Michael and Lisa talked about have already passed. You can catch the next Women's to Lemonade event at Fast Night Park on Saturday, August 28th from 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. Don't forget to check out the Women's to Lemonade website for all future events and all of the other content she has on there. And the next 
Queen City Watchdog event will be on Saturday, September 11th. The exact location is still yet to be determined. We will be having a pro-police rally. It will be from 10 a.m. to noon. And then on Tuesday, September 14th, at the RC Event and Conference Center here in Springfield, from 6.30 to 8.30, we will be having a town hall on crime in Springfield. That's the RC Event and Conference Center, and that is at 910 West Battlefield. And if you have a few bucks, shoot them over to QCW. They sure could use it, as Women's to Lemonade is not currently taking donations. I will be back shortly to end out the show. Stay tuned. Hey, it's Michael Hasty. Lisa Meeks. This is Marcus Aiton, and you're listening to the New Resistance Podcast. Hope you're having a blessed day. See ya! Thank you so much for listening. It really does mean more than any of you will ever know. We face many, many arrows being thrown at us from almost every direction. Our rights are being legitimately threatened more today than at any point in my lifetime. Every day, it seems there's another, then another... Then while you're still trying to figure out what happened with the first one, we're hit again. As you all surely know, the left have control, have an iron grip on every institution in this country. In the pandemic, the 2020 election, and every day since Biden took office have only served to magnify that fact. I used to think the church was the only exception, but sadly, it seems as if it is slowly falling as well, or parts of it. They not only control institutions, but the culture, the public square, the narrative, what is and is not socially acceptable behavior, what speech we're allowed to use. They've refined words such as oppressed, sexist, racist, and more to mean essentially anything and anyone that they don't like. It all 
happened right under our noses. And while the left have been marching in lockstep right through everything over the past few decades, the right, conservatives, and Republicans were off to the side talking, we're living our independent lives, you live yours, we'll both be good, and so on. Let me ask you guys something. Why don't we control any of the sacred institutions in this country? Because conservatives and the church have been completely quiet. It's because the leftists have been occupying the public square. They've been running for city council, for school board, for mayor, inserting themselves in every bureaucracy, every board and committee there is. They've been the ones putting together massive protests for the causes they believe in, making their voices the loudest in the room. They've been playing the long game, while we're over here playing the short game and losing pretty much every time. Here locally, we have a ridiculous amount of apathy about participating in choosing who runs our city and how they do it. The ruling class, the Chamber of Commerce, Mr. McClure, City Council, have all taken advantage of that apathy. They are ruining this city. If last year didn't prove that to you, then I don't know what to tell you. Those that control and own pretty much everything are obsessed with us, with squeezing us into submission, shutting down churches, but keeping open abortion clinics and cannabis stores, forcing us into lockdown, then taking away our choice to wear a face diaper, but blatantly not following their own rules unless there's a news camera pointed at them. Why? Because our country, our creator, our constitution, our bill of rights, our freedom are sacred to us and mean more to us than they do. Just like the Almighty tells his followers in the good book, we will be persecuted for this. Most people know what cancel culture is and many have been the victim or a target of it. Some of us are built for times such as these. It's like, I don't care what you think of me. Your fear and intimidation are useless here. And then you have those Republicans and sadly conservatives and some pastors who talk a big bring it on game, but then crumble when push comes to shove. Charlie Kirk said not too long ago that, quote, words should correlate with action, end quote. Ladies and gentlemen, we must start taking an active posture. We must obtain the mindset of playing offense. That is why I started this show 
That is why Queen City Watchdog, Women's to Women Aid, Back on Track, and more groups were started. It's why the agents, Michael Hasty, Angela Romine, Craig Kaufman ran for office in April to play offense. We've had enough of being on defense constantly. We are in this for the long game, for real lasting change. Now, I want you to do something for me. I want you to turn the volume up as loud as it can go if you're in a place where that is appropriate to do so. Or I want you to have everybody in your house to come into the room or make sure it is loud enough for them to hear. I'll give you a second. Go ahead. To everyone within the sound of my voice right now, please listen to me. I strongly urge you to join the fight. You don't have to be out on the streets protesting if that's not what you're comfortable doing. You don't have to give speeches, talk in front of city council, but there are all kinds of opportunities for you to join. Everyone has their own talents. Use them. Starting this coming week, if you have a certain talent you feel led to lend to the cause of liberty, you can send a message at this show's email address or leave a message on the Anchor website or Facebook Messenger. Get a message out somehow, and I will do my best to point you in the right direction. This is a call to action. It's time to stand up, to raise our voice, to get in the fight for this city, for what it stands for. Let this day, this moment, be the beginning of your activism. This beautiful blessing that the founding fathers left us, this constitutional republic, it's going to fall, folks. It's going to collapse in on itself if we don't rise up in defense of her. And you know what? They know that. They're worried that people who disagree with their ideology and who've been quiet this whole time are going to say, you know, I don't actually have to put up with this. I'm going to push my way into the public square. I'm going to push and pressure for what is good and for what is righteous. Want to know how things will never change here? If we shut up and give up on Springfield, if you shut up and give up on your local community, email the underscore NRP at yahoo.com. Leave a comment at the NR podcast on Facebook. On anchor.fm slash pxpx, click on message, then start recording now. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions. My name is Seth. This is the New Resistance Podcast. Stay focused. Stay engaged. Never give in. See ya.
Yeah.